It is time once again for another episode of Bad Language. I am Brian Anthony Davis here at Behind the Steel Curtain. I am the podcast producer, and I'm glad to be here once again. You know what? It's the preseason, and I'm telling you, if you are missing out on BTSC, if you are not checking out the editorial side, if you are not listening and finding out what podcast you love the most on the, well, it's on the podcast side. Yeah, there's that side to the audio side. If you don't do that, well, you are definitely not going to hear the greatest commentary, the greatest breaking news, everything that you want as far as the Pittsburgh Steelers go on the editorial or audio side is here. We pride ourselves on being good, on being right, and being, well, being there 24-7, 365. And that's true. Ask my wife if I'm working on Christmas. Ask the Hartman family. Ask the Schofields if their family members are unwrapping gifts. And guys got to skip out to go ahead and record a show or write an article. Yes, it happens here. So many of us here, we've got about 20 plus staffers making sure that they change their viewing habits, change their rooting habits to go ahead and make sure that you are very valued listeners and viewers and readers have it all. And if you didn't get a chance to listen to Let's Ride this morning, another great episode as Jeff Hartman had winners and losers from the Jacksonville Pittsburgh Steeler contest that was just Saturday night. It was preseason week two. Yeah, the Steelers have played two preseason games. The Steelers have won two preseason games. But what has happened? Well, the first one, so much excitement. Everybody's like, woohoo, Kenny Pickett, George Pickens. Man, everybody's going crazy. This is going to be awesome. Then the next week, oh, maybe the offensive line's not that good. Oh, Devin Bush, what are we going to do about the Steelers and the inside linebackers? Well, there are concerns, and that's going to happen. You might see the Steelers win all three preseason games and then have a very rough, and I'm telling you, a very rough regular season. Or we've seen it in 1975, I believe the Steelers were one and four, still won the Super Bowl. So, so many great things that could happen for the Pittsburgh Steelers. So many things that the Steelers will do over the next week are going to affect that regular season game. We know that. And it's going to happen and we're going to have it all here for you. But what are you thinking about this team right now? You know, if you're thinking that the Steelers have a quarterback problem, well, they've got a good quarterback problem. They have a lot, a lot of firepower there. Mitch Trubisky's good. Now, if you thought Mitch was bad the other day, I will tell you that that preseason game was deceiving because you got to look a little bit deeper because the offensive line was giving him no time. The silver lining of Mitch Trubisky is, man, that guy knows how to get out of trouble. Haven't seen that in the past couple of years. Ben Roethlisberger used to do it when he was a rookie, but when you get up there in your 30s, you're not escaping troubles much. Ben still could do it every once in a while, but Mitch is doing it a lot, and that's pretty bad when you're doing it a lot 
and you're only playing a few series, which he has. So, you know, there you go. When everybody thinks Kenny Pickett looks amazing, I surely do. But is Kenny Pickett really ready to start week one in Cincinnati against a defense that's gotten a whole lot tougher? Is he ready to take on New England? Is he ready to go to Cleveland in week three against Miles Garrett and company? You don't know. And what's going on with Mason Rudolph? He led the Steelers to a come-from-behind victory on Saturday night. But who was he doing it against? You know, there's so many ways to look at it. It can be deceiving. You might think that, wow, the Steelers are set at quarterback. When the regular season starts and everybody is a number one, do the Steelers have three number ones? No, they don't. So things are going to happen. But it's really hard to you know, choose your narrative right now. It's really hard to decide what is going on. It looks like the Steelers have a great receivers room right now. But injuries can happen. We haven't seen what we we haven't seen anything out of Calvin Austin the third because he hasn't been playing because he's been injured. Not his fault, he's injured. But we've seen a lot of backups and a lot of guys going for what, five, six, seven spots? You just don't know. I think they're gonna keep more receivers than they do running backs. Of course you know what you have in Najee Harris. You think you know what you have in Benny Snell Jr., and it might not be good. But keep in mind, he's a special teams demon, and the Steelers might value that. So don't get too upset. Then you could talk about Anthony McFarland. If he's healthy, man, he could be good. He looks like the real deal as a backup to Najee. And Jalen Warren, I keep wanting to call him Jalen Samuels, but Jalen Warren... Man, he's doing it too. He's learning how to hold on to the ball. He definitely has the drive to do it as he's walking around Latrobe and the Steelers' facilities holding a football. You got to love to see something like that. He's serious about it. Shades of Omar Epps in the program. Great 1993 movie, by the way, about football. James Conn, the late James Conn, playing the football coach there. I think that film's underrated. Check that out. But I digress. The running back situation looks good. The running back situation looks good because the offensive line, who everybody says sucks, is opening holes for them. But can they open holes when it's one against one? And it's proven against proven. That's what we got to know. Big concern is what happens when Najee Harris gets in there, and it's going to go back to what it was last year. Now, when I say they open holes for him, they did it definitely against Seattle. These rushers were not getting a lot of yards per carry. I believe it was 1.9 against Jacksonville. So, does that mean that the running game is, is back to being lucky that Najee is great and knows how to get out of trouble and turning four-yard losses into one-yard one gains that aren't really good enough, but 
he can do it. Gets you out of trouble, at least. Is that what's happening? Every, nobody knows what's going on with the left guard situation. As Jeff Hartman and Dave Schofield were talking, it's time to name Kevin Dotson the starter and start gelling. Maybe that's something they should do. Don't worry about the fact that Kendrick Green was a third-round pick. It's okay to say that a guy, a pick that you thought was going to work out, didn't work out. I know bad, but we could have had Creed Humphreys in that. Yeah, we could have. When I say we, the Steelers could have. But then they wouldn't have the guy that you are in love with, had a nice catch the other night, Pat Fryermuth. Wouldn't have had that guy. And now we'd be complaining about Eric Ebron. We really would have. They would have had to have brought that guy back, which I personally liked Eric Ebron. I thought he was a lot better than everybody else did. I even have his jersey. That's how much I liked Eric Ebron. But then again, I get everybody's jersey. I have a Richard Huntley jersey. I have a Jarvis Jones jersey. I've got a problem. I'm addicted to jerseys. There's no jerseys anonymous. There's not. There's gamblers anonymous and you gamble on a jersey. So they should have jerseys anonymous. Or maybe I just go to gamblers anonymous. I digress. The Steelers offense is something that Really, you could have the good quarterback play, but they're going to have to get themselves out of trouble if the offensive line does not pass protect. I think it's coming. The big question over the weekend now is, well, Chooks Okorafor might be the best one there. And people are like, well, Chooks stinks. Chooks didn't do anything wrong the last two weeks. Chukwuma Okorafor looked pretty good. I thought he did. And, well, I didn't hear his name. As Jeff Hartman will remind us all, if you don't hear an offensive line's, lineman's name, good. You don't want to hear his name. Because it's usually for a hold, a blown assignment, getting a quarterback just jacked up. We're an offsides penalty. A false start. That's that's what you're that's why you don't want to hear their names. You want to hear their names when it's against Seattle in the Super Bowl and somebody's on the telestrator pointing out the fact that Alan Fanica just bro- helped break Willie Parker free on a pancake block. That's when you want to hear their name. But you're not going to hear that stuff in preseason as much. And that's okie dokily with me. That's fine. You know why? Because you got to get them going. You got to get them working this one. Then you have what is the ire of Dave Schofield. PFF will show players is better and worse than superstars. They're showing these guys better. And it kind of, and if you take that as gospel, 
That's wrong. PFF's a necessary evil. It's, it's good for some things to see where guys are ranked. But it's definitely biased in a lot of ways. That offensive line is truly the key. The quicker they get to being five men acting as one chain, yeah, man, they're they're going to look, they're going to be good if they can get there. The big concern is after two games, the first game everybody was willing to give them the benefit of the doubt, and now people are getting scared over James Daniels, who I'm not going to lie to you. I thought was going to be the best free agent out of that entire Pittsburgh Steelers class of 2022. I was so excited. The man's young. We're excited about Kevin Dotson and we're still giving him opportunities, even though a lot of you want to write him off already too. But Daniels has been around a while and is still young. So I like that. I mean, is the scheme too tough right now? I was on the Q&A last night with Tony Defio and Kyle Kreiss. And somebody mentioned, well, it's about time they get a new offensive line coach. They just got an offensive line coach. And then somebody spelled out the name Munchak. I don't know what Mike Munchak can do with these guys. It was a different time. He's not the savior you think he is. Denver's offensive line is not amazing. There were offensive lines in Pittsburgh under Mike that weren't amazing. We forget the fact that he had David DeCastro, all pro. Marquise Pouncey, all pro. Alejandro Villanueva, pro bowler. Ramon Foster, just a guy that never got to a Pro Bowl, but should have been. Just fantastic. He had studs. But he couldn't do much when there are no names. And the Steelers, if you look around the league, if you look at this offensive line, from Kansas City eyes, if you're a fan in Kansas City, or if you're a fan out in Las Vegas, or if you're over in Miami or New England or wherever you are, and you're looking at this offensive line, they're not names to you. Because they ha- don't have the pedigree. They haven't done it yet. But if you're telling me that they need a new offensive line coach because Pat Meyer isn't doing it, Pat Meyer is a teacher. You do not come in and get great test grades out of players, excuse me, out of students after just a couple of weeks. It takes time. It takes time to get those, what do you call them, the the, uh, standardized tests. It takes time to get them up there. And a lot of schools rely on that. My gosh, look at the whole plot to the great movie Summer School from 1987 with Mark Harmon. 
They made improvement. Not everybody was there, but some were. Some were ready to go to real school after that. Man, you cannot say that Pat Meyer is not a good coach for the offensive line and they need another scheme. Schemes take time to work. Everything. I mean, gosh. Gel. The right personnel has got to be in there for Matt Canada's offense, too. Is this the right personnel? Well, at this point, it's got to be. And something that we're going to talk about on The Hangover tonight is there's not a quick fix. You just don't go out there and trade somebody and get an all-pro lineman. You don't do that in the month of August. But we'll talk about that more on that show. So make sure, shameless plug, make sure you check out The Hangover. That's going to premiere Monday night on the BTSC Family of Podcasts. And speaking of the BTSC Family of Podcasts, I've got to take a break. So be back right after this on BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. It's bad language. Welcome back to Bad Language, my friends. I am Brian Anthony Davis. And once again, the Steelers are 2-0 in the preseason. Does not mean that they are going to go 17-0 in the regular season. No, we know that. We're not dumb enough to think that. It feels good to think that. Then you knock yourself back into reality and realize that this is a process. Post-Ben Roethlisberger is going to be a process. The offensive line doesn't have the horses. I'm very premature, but I have no problem saying it. You definitely need to go heavy on the offensive line next season. Patchwork's not happening. The gambles that you make aren't working yet. We don't know. I'm still ready to give time to James Daniels and Mason Cole. I'm still ready to watch the progression of Dan Moore Jr. And I'm ready to retract anything that I said against Jukes Okorafor. I'm not going to lie to you. I said that about Marcus Gilbert. And at the end, everybody loved Marcus Gilbert. I wasn't quite sure. But he got a contract. And so far, it looks like he's earning the contract. looks like he is the guy on that offensive line right now. But that's a problem, too. You need five guys playing as one. And that's the bottom line. And we know that. But the problem spot is definitely on offense, the offensive line. Everything else looks playoff caliber. And enough to improve to make it to the Super Bowl. You've got the makings at running back, at tight end, at quarterback and wide receiver to go deep into the playoffs and possibly go to the Super Bowl. You don't have the offensive line. 
bad. You can't win games if you don't have an offensive line. You're just not going to do it. Well, 2008 had statistically the worst offensive line. That offensive line had trouble passing the eye test too. Just what, It was the Achilles heel of the Pittsburgh Steelers. They still won the Super Bowl. Not saying that that's going to happen here. But as you go, those guys get stronger together. They definitely, they definitely have each other's backs. But you do need to name a starter at left guard. If you feel that, a lot of us feel that it should be Kevin Dotson. But if the Steelers feel that it is Kendrick Green and that's the direction they want to go, they've got to just make a decision. You need one guy to solidify. You need a starter at this point with one preseason game left. We're going to find out really what they're thinking against Detroit on Sunday. Sunday, 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 the last preseason game. That's weird to say week three is the last preseason game. The rest of the NFL did it last year. Dallas and Pittsburgh are doing it for the first time this year. And one excuse that I want to go ahead and make, and I want to say this about the Steelers' offensive line before I move on, it feels like, and I know this is a great exaggeration, but it feels like the Jacksonville Jaguars, the last five years, have spent 87 first-round draft picks on defenders. I know that's an exaggeration, like I said. But man, you have like Brian Burns running around, Trayvon Walker, the number one overall pick. You've got these guys. I mean, man, they they look good. And they were in their third preseason game against the Steelers. They were in their second preseason game. It makes a big difference because you go through different schedules and progressions in your own preseason. But bad, they're professionals. They should be playing well against them. No, yeah, I, I get it. But you're at different levels of the preseason. Sure, week one, all bets are off. It's the best against the best. Or the good enough against the good enough. That's what happens then. But for right now, your second preseason game with a lot of turnover, and there was a lot of turnover on that offensive line. The bookends are the same. The tackles are the same. You know, we can say that the left guard is the same, but Kevin Dotson hardly played last year. Kendrick Green played center. You've got a new guard in James Daniels. You've got a new center in Mason Cole. So yeah, there was there's t- turnover. There definitely is. So maybe they're not quite to the point where Jacksonville is. And Jacksonville does have a stout defense. That's probably the best thing they've got going in Duval right now. I'll say that. I feel like dreams go to die there, but we saw it in Cleveland. Actually, Jacksonville's a nice town. Football dreams go to die. That's what I meant. We saw it in Cleveland. After a while, all those number one picks will start to change your culture. 
Miles Garrett might be a wang, but he's a hell of a football player. He's absolutely amazing. But he's not swinging helmets at you. The problem with guys like Miles Garrett is in the Cleveland Browns, they get a little taste of success and they think they're champions already. They read that they're champions on paper. Paper champions, I'm Lethon Flowers, I'm doing it. But they're not. To quote Ben Roethlisberger, they can keep the graveyard, I'll take the W. I mean, he's putting, on a, before a Halloween game, he's putting all these tombstones on his front lawn with the quarterbacks that he sacked. You do that after you win a ring. You're still going to get criticism probably because we criticize that stuff. But that's when you do it after you're raising a sticky Lombardi. But why am I talking about Miles Garrett? Talking about Jacksonville and how the Browns had all those number one picks. Jacksonville, I know they haven't had 87. But it still feels like it. And I know with Jacksonville that if this was week one, we'd probably be seeing something different. From Jacksonville. From Pittsburgh. I'd make Pittsburgh still... If this was regular season, I'd make him seven-point favorites. I could honestly say that, yeah. It also, you know, preseason, another thing with your quarterback play, and they had good quarterback play. But what levels are you playing against? What level was Mason Rudolph playing against? Not trying to diminish what he did. We did feel a little bit better that Kenny Pickett was playing against ones. But not all the ones. We still haven't seen Kenny Pickett against the best 11. Let's hope we're not in a disappointment, in for a disappointment on that. I don't think we are. We as fans are excited about Kenny Pickett. And we're still fine with the fact that Mitch Trubisky is going to be your number one guy to start the season. But Kenny Pickett's making a claim. But I'm telling you, Kenny got better blocking than Mitch Trubisky did. Things that make he go, hmm, CNC Music Factory, 1991. Yeah, it makes me go, hmm. But I'm not concerned about anything on offense right now. At this particular juncture, even the depth of the running back situation, I'm not concerned about that. I'm fine. The only thing I'm concerned with is a big butt, five big butts, and that's the offensive line. I've got to be. We all have to be. Then there's the defense. Here they go. They can't stop the run again. I'm telling you right now. You're not going to stop the run until you have your full 11. Well, I'm sorry, full full seven, your front seven. 
PFF came out and said, there they are again, PFF, but had Devin Bush in their top five. The eye test is telling a lot of people that Devin Bush doesn't have it anymore. They want to cut Devin Bush. Do not cut Devin Bush. He's playing on a one-year deal. He's not horrendous out there. We're making it seem like he's Harvey Clayton. And if you don't know who that is, that was a defensive back that valiantly couldn't hold up after the Mel Blunt days. In the 80s, yeah, he he had some rough times there. But his bad play made it possible to draft a guy like Rod Woodson. All I'm going to say is people are concerned about the middle. We haven't had four quarters of Miles Jack. Everybody's excited about Miles Jack because Miles Jack makes a difference when he's in there, it seems, especially against Seattle. Didn't notice him as much against Jacksonville. But I know he's the real deal. So we're really sweating over one position, one spot, one guy. Are you telling me one guy is going to burn this whole thing down? How much help are Miles Jack, Devin Bush, Robert Spillane, whoever's in there going to get stopping the run when it's Tyson Alu-Alu, when it's Cam Hayward, when it's Larry Ogunjobi? By the way, the reviews on Ogunjobi are great. People are loving this guy. They still can't pronounce his name, but they love this guy. Great pickup. He's doing it. He's the right guy. He's healthy. And that was the thing. He just wasn't healthy last season. When he was, look out Loretta. Man, did I just steal that phrase from Mike Lang? I'm sorry. So we're sweating on that stuff. You don't cut a guy just because you think he sucks. What's behind him? Nothing. You've got to have somebody behind him before you let him go. Now, there is somebody behind him, Mark Robinson. Is he ready for prime time? Probably not. But Vince Williams, you're not getting rid of Vince Williams willingly when when he was playing. He was a sixth-round pick. Robinson's a seventh-round pick. He had that big play in at the end of the Seattle game, but he didn't have a great game against Seattle. He had a great game against Jacksonville. He was solid as a rock. Ashford and Simpson, 1985. Well, actually, that song came out in late 84, but I digress. All I'm saying, you don't throw out your VCR when you don't have a DVD player. You don't throw out your fridge when the only thing you have left is a cooler. 
even though your car is still running, but it's seen better days, or it's just not getting the fuel mileage that you hoped, what have you. You don't get rid of it for a skateboard because that's your only backup plan. You develop something first. Hell, I know guys and girls for that matter that won't get out of a relationship that's unhealthy until they've got something lined up. So why are you going to cut Devin Bush? (laughs) That's all I'm saying about that. What other problems are there on the defense? So far, the defensive backs look decent. Are they battle-tested enough to go for 17 games? Yeah, may, maybe not. Maybe so. But preseason is deceiving. And that's all there is to it. You might have good play against the run when everybody's there and everybody's together. Remember what preseason's for. It's not for those two wins and hopefully three wins. It's nice to see them undefeated. My gosh, Baltimore celebrating the fact that they're 20 zillion and O in the last 20 zillion games in the preseason. Bad, there's not 20 billion games. You know that. You're exaggerating. Yeah, I know. But they're acting like that's the greatest accomplishment in the world. That's a big whoop. Yeah, that's just like, yeah, we haven't lost preseason games. But you're not 17 and 0 in the regular season every single year. We're 16 and 0 when it was. You know, that's just that's a false award. For me, that's that's one of those awards you give the 5th grader at 5th grade graduation to make him feel good. Oh, we've got to give little Jimmy this award because we can't leave him out. No, yeah, you can't leave him out, but come on. Is that what you're hanging your hat on, Baltimore? Stop. Preseason games are great to win, but it's what happens on the field. But what happens on the field in these preseason games are individual pieces of puzzles that you have not put together yet. It's got to be put together by week one. And when it's falling apart, if it's falling apart after week one, week two, week four, that's when you panic. Don't panic now. Not everybody's panicking. But that offensive line is not going to make you go, 0-17, but it could do some damage. We saw that in 2008, did some damage to that team. They lost their number one draft pick, a running back. That was also a bounty situation because the Ravens are, uh, I just can't even, I don't even want to talk about the Ray Lewis's and the Trail Suggs and those guys. And the hooliganism that happened. Is that a word? Hooliganism? I don't know. I do know it's time for me to go. And I know, once again, realizes realizing that these pieces of puzzles 
It's time to put them together. Individual parts of the engine are great. You know you got to have all of them. But the other's got to be working too. Let's see what these mechanics, known as the coaching staff, can do with them. And let's go Steelers. I am excited. I'm cautiously optimistic. But it's just like anything. This is good. You're in school. This is good. But this is what we got to work on. There's a lot good in Pittsburgh. Now let's work on what's not quite there yet. This has been Bad Language from BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. My name is Brian Anthony Davis, and yeah, I ain't apologizing for nothing. <laughs>